Hey, welcome to The Conversation. You're listening to Andy Mason, and this is authentic conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. Brought to you by Heaven and Business, where we connect, train, and activate you to partner with God at work and engage in the well-being of the city you serve. So this episode, I've titled What Defines You, and the context of it is actually What Defines Me. Uh, how do you know what, what really distinguishes you as a follower of Jesus in the workplace? Uh, is it a set of principles? Is it your, how much you give? Is it by your political affiliation or club membership? Heck no. Uh, what is it? What really defines you? And what defines you is what shapes you. It's what influences you the most. And I can probably tell because uh, the fruit of it will be demonstrated in your life. Uh, If what defines you is the presence and power of God, that'll be demonstrated by the fruit of that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, the power of God on display. So I love and I'm really grateful for Perry Marshall, who is a marketing consultant. And he wrote this when we wrote the book, God With You at Work. He wrote this as the forward. If you have not or if you've never been certain that God wants to break into your world and rock your business, if you've built your business with one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake because you didn't possess total conviction that business success is a holy pursuit, you need this book. Well, what's this all about? Where'd that come from? And how did I even get the revelation around this? So thanks for asking. Let me take you back to Hawaii. Uh, It was probably 2010, perhaps. And actually, I wasn't invited. Danny Silk was invited, and I was working with Danny, and he was invited to an Ed Silvosis, so Transform Our World conference in Hawaii. And unfortunately for Danny, he wasn't available. So I was interning with Danny, and he said, Andy, do you want to go? I'm like, Heck yeah, like this would be amazing. So my flights were paid for, my uh, registration was paid for, everything was paid for, except the time that I wanted to invest in going over there. So I'm really expectant, I'm excited. Uh, we, we're just kind of starting out with what we're doing with Heaven and Business, really at this stage, entirely an experiment. Uh, we haven't done any public events. Uh, we have coming up with some strategies in terms of what we could do, but really, most of what's going on is around a coffee table sharing stories of God at work and looking for what is possible with Him. So I land in Hawaii and I go to this conference and it's my first time. It is beautiful, uh, except that I'm on my own. So for those of you who have traveled to Hawaii don't and you're, and you're married, uh, certainly do not do it alone. Go there together. So I'm alone, which is strike. Number one, I get roomed uh, with this guy, Bob, which is hilarious. Um, Bob, I'm not going to tell you about Bob. That was just a crazy side story. Uh, But let me tell you this way. I've never heard anybody in my life before snore so loud. So I'm not sleeping so well. I go into the conference and it was my first experience. And to be credit to them, they were working out through some structures and changes 
And it was not what I expected. I thought I would go and get answers and solutions and strategies and insight and point me and tell me the way to go. And none of that happened. And then I'm not sleeping. And then there's a couple of speakers. I'm like, really? Where on earth? Where is God in this place? And the second day, I'm, I'm feeling responsible to people who put money into me going. It's been paid for. I've been given tickets. It's supposed to be wonderful. It's nothing like my expectation. And to top that off, I've got Bob snoring going on at night. And not, I'm not sleeping. And I'm like, God, what am I doing here? And I remember going, skipping out of a session because it just looks too much. And, or not enough, depending on which way you want to look at it. I go back to my hotel room and I'm praying. And I, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but since the Lord say, go to Exodus 31. So I've actually got this right now in front of me. This is a New King James. Actually, sorry, it's Exodus 33. So this is the story. And at the point where Moses and the Israelites have gotten out of Egypt, and now they're kind of in the middle. They are kind of, where do we go from here? And it's the point at which God wanted to invite them into a covenant. And there's a few challenges going on, as in, gold calf that Israel say this is what delivered us and upset God and then God's like man I'm going to wipe you guys out and then Moses has this hey God if you're going to wipe them out wipe me out then God says okay I'll, I'll go with you just because of you Moses and then we get to chapter 33 and it says this then the Lord said to Moses depart and go up from here, you and the people with you that have brought you out of the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it. And here's the key phrase. I will send my angel before you. I will drive out, and but I'm not going to go with you because if I did, I'd kill you. That Basically, that's what God's saying. Hey, my angel is going to go with you, but I am not. You will. I will fulfill everything I spoke to you. But I'm not going to personally go with you because a bunch of clowns, I'd, I'd kill you. You, you. Yeah, I can't trust you and it's just not going to be well. So I can't, I can't promise it's going to be good, so I'm not going to go with you. That's, that's God. And then Moses sets up his tent, spends time face to face with God, and then he goes up to see the Lord. And he says, God, you said it's my people. Actually, it's your people. And he says... You have not let me know whom you will send with me. Well, God said, I'll send the angel. But anyway, he's saying this. You've said, I know you by name, and you've found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. So Moses is really saying, I do not want to go from here unless your very presence goes with us. Jump forward, verse 15, chapter 33. Then he said to him, this is Moses saying to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate or distinguished or defined your people and I, from all people who are on the face of the earth. Verse 14, back one verse, God says, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. The key is that 
distinguishing feature, factor, the thing that separates us is the very person of God with us. So zoom out. I'm looking at, I'm reading this, and I'm perplexed. I'm like, okay, an angel? God said an angel go with you. And I started to think, what's what do they have? They had an angel that already was working with them. What does an angel do? Well, an angel provides provision, protection, power, and direction. Well, isn't isn't that what the presence of God does? Like, what's the difference between all of those things and the very person of God with us? I love the New Living Translation where it says, I will personally go with you and I will give you rest. It will go well for you. I will personally go with you. God himself says, I'll personally go with you. That is the distinguishing or defining factor than anything else. I'm like, so hang on a moment. So what's the difference between an angel, the very angel of the presence of God and God himself? And I start to realize God says, my presence will go with you. My person will go with you and I'll give you rest. What's the difference? Peace and rest. It's not the provision, the protection, or even the power. It's actually the person of God. And what's that defining factor? It's actually an the peace of God with me and rest that I am locked in, I am secure, I am confident, I am not moved, Psalm 16. I've set the Lord always before me. Uh, Not accomplishment, not history, not trauma, not political party, not religious affiliation, um, not the miracles that I may or may not have seen. It's the very person of God with me. That is the defining factor and feature. It's not putting a set of core values that may or may not be biblical on the wall or in my business plan. It's the person of God with me. What's the difference? When you have the person of God with you, there is a tangible difference in the atmosphere that you carry. It's an atmosphere of peace. So what's the difference? I know people. I've got friends. And this was part of the context. A friend of mine that had known the provision of God, the protection of God, the power of God, the direction of God with him and what he was doing. And yet he was burned out. He was stressed out. He was strung out. And what I realized is, oh, You're doing the works of God. You're working for God, but you're not walking with him. He has promised that he would never leave you, forsake you. He had promised that he'll go with you, but you are not walking with him. You're doing this in your own ability and strength, and you're leveraging what God can do for you, but not not holding him by the hand. And I start to have this revelation. What is the distinguishing feature of what we're doing and why we're doing it? Because the person of God with us. The greatest privilege of humanity, Bill Johnson says, is to host the person of God. And it's not what defines me. These external things are not what defines me. It's the internal. So you can take away the miracles. You can take away the trauma. You can take away the challenge. You can take away the money. You can take away the generosity. You can take away all of these things. When it all comes down, the one thing that defines me is that the person of God is with me. I can be still and know that 
before I get out of bed in the morning, I'm already loved, accepted, adored, and connected because God is with me. And I start to fast forward that and realize that that's what God has wanted all along, right from the beginning, in a garden, cultivating the land with God. And what happened? Well, Adam listened to the serpent, screwed it up. And what was the whole serpent? Is you can do this in your own ability. You can get knowledge in your own ability. You can accomplish this in your own ability. You can build this in your own ability. Yeah, sure, there's a set of principles and live in excellence and be generous. And yeah, yeah, but, but the key is what the serpent doesn't want is for you to do this with God. He wants to do it with I will, my own ability. And what's the invitation all along is will you do this with me? What has God wanted all along? To walk with you. God does that, demonstrating this time and time again with Israel. And they constantly reject him and say, I will do this my own, my own way. And constantly he's reaching out and saying, will you walk with me? Fast forward. Then we have Jesus himself, son of God, walking amongst us, demonstrating what this is like, what the invitation is to walk with him. The business model of Jesus, fish where there were no fish. Gold in the mouth of a fish, uh, reversing corruption, uh, just phenomenal, and walking in peace, and actually walking, not in a rush, not in a hurry, uh, as my friend Shay Bynes, grace over grind. It's operating system of Jesus, which is different because it's fixed and firm and secure and confident because my identity is locked in and anchored in God with me, Christ with me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And then fast forward, that was Jesus when the Holy Spirit came on him like a dove and remained. So everything he did, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Fast forward, you've got a bunch of disciples. Jesus is now left and he's saying, stay here until the Holy Spirit comes. Why? Because he's the comforter and he's the one with you, the one who is representing, reproducing, reaffirming, refreshing, recreating. It's the very person of God with us in the form of the Holy Spirit, filling us over and over again, on us and in us, both together. How God wants to anoint you with the Holy Spirit, with power, to go about doing good. But don't just do good business, but demonstrate the presence and power of God everywhere you go. What does that even look like? It looks like starting, finishing, and walking through your day conscious that God is with you. What does that look like? Well, what's the opposite? Anxiety, fear, it's the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. It's the opposite of being led by the Spirit. It's led by your own understanding. It's trusting in yourself rather than trusting in Him. So how do I know? Well, when was the last time you had a challenge, uh, something that was difficult, something that you didn't quite know what to do? Did you just resort to best practice? Did you resort to principles? Or do you actually lean in and listen and be still and pray? And don't just fill the air with words in prayer, but actually have a conversation. With Exodus 33, God met with Moses and talked with Moses face to face as a man talks with his friend. 
when was the last time you sat down with a friend? What did you do? Grabbed a coffee, sat down and talked. And it was a dialogue, not a monologue. It wasn't just one person doing all the talking, but there was questions and answers and interaction and a great time just being together. That's what it's like to build this thing that Jesus no longer calls us servants. He wants to invite us into a friendship. That is what he wants. That's the defining factor. Is it principles? Principles are good, but they don't define me. Is it the power? Power is good, and the lack of power is no excuse, but that doesn't define me. It's the very person of God. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. I love this. So what are our core values? The priority of the presence of God. My Father closer than my skin and nearer than the air I breathe. I'm aware of you. You're with me. You're with me now. You're with me yesterday. You're with me tomorrow. Whatever I may face, you're with me. So I can be still and know that. And I can walk through today knowing that you're with me. I can take time and set that aside. It acts. It talks about these ordinary men who did extraordinary things, but they were untrained, unskilled, uneducated. How is that possible? Oh, they had time with Jesus. That's you and I. We get to choose what we will do with our time, whether I'm just going to hustle it and make it happen and force it, or whether I'll be still and know God and listen to his thoughts and his ways and strategies and insights and actually trust in him and not lean on what I think I know. That's the invitation. So what about you? Where are you at? Are you, you've been relying on just what you think you know? Is it time to surrender again and say, oh my gosh, I've, I started off, but I'm getting back into anxiety and fear and hustle. And really, this is way more. This is about a friendship with him that I will not be defined by past, present, future accomplishment, success or otherwise. I'm defined by the very person of God with me. And when God is with me, nothing else matters. Well, nothing else matters, but everything counts. It's, I'm standing on that mountain. I've got all these promises of God, but I refuse to step into those without the person of God with me. But now that I know that he's with me, now that I'm learning to become more aware of his presence with me, I will not stop until we see the fullness of what he paid for. Now, that's a continual journey. I jump ahead. I know, because when I jump ahead, I get restless. I get uptight. I get anxious. I get jumpy. And I've got to slow down again and be still and walk with him. And when I do that, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor entered into the heart of man, a God like him who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. What is waiting? It's walking in his ways. It's not being still or passive. It's walking in his ways I wait for him, and I get to do that. What does that look like? That looks like me, uh, one particular day, I'm, I'm thinking about all the things I need to do. I'm walking into the office. I open the door, walk in, and realize, oh, dang, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing anxiety. I'm not walking with God. I'm walking with anxiety. That's what's overshadowing me. I'm not overshadowed in Psalm 91. It says overshadowed by God. I'm overshadowed by anxiety and fear and 
all of these things. So I literally turned myself around, walked back out the office, into the hallway. There was no one else around. And I just said, okay, God, I put off anxiety and fear. And I just slow down and thank you that you're with me, that you're my source of supply, you're my strength, you're my anchor, you're my identity, that in you I get to rest and be still. So I speak peace. And I choose right now to put on peace like a garment. And I wrap that around me. Massive arms around me. Psalm 91 says that. The massive God, arms of God surrounding me. That I can walk with you, knowing that you lead and guide you, the good shepherd. And I became aware of peace rather than anxiety. Patience, which is fruit of the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, the lovers of the presence of God, for they shall be called the children of God, the sons of God. And then once I'm aware of the peace of God, then I walk back in. Here's another situation. A friend of mine came into a business situation that was terrifying. Could have been the end of their company. A technical shutdown, someone had hacked in, and it's a finance company. So that's really, really bad when you can't get into anything. And there's not even any... Uh, there's no uh, there's no one asking for something. It's literally all shut down. You can't see a thing of where the money is. You don't know anything. You're blind. And we're talking a lot of money. And he's not, normally, historically, he would call himself a Christian business person, one that followed principles, that lived in excellence, but didn't walk in peace, didn't walk with the presence of God. But this time having learned the awareness of God with us is everything. He walks up. He, as the elevator goes up, he becomes conscious. God is with me. God is with This is going to be okay because God is with me. And he just like Jesus in the boat, when he stood and spoke to the storm, peace be still. When Jesus sent out two by two into villages, into businesses, into the marketplace, saying, peace to this house, peace to this location. He walks up, the elevator doors open, and he speaks a declaration, peace to this house. And then he walks in, and he's calm, and releases, everyone else is not, but he is, and he's the CEO. And he releases what carries on the inside of him, releases what's inside of him on the outside of him. And with a very short period of time, they have a solution that should not have been legal or possible, but was. Why? Something changes when I walk with the presence of God. Go back to Exodus 33. This is what it says here. Moses saying to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate distinguished your people and I from all people who are on the face of the earth. This is good. So the Lord says to Moses, the Lord says to you, I will also do this thing you've spoken for you have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. So Jesus, I want to thank you for every person listening. I ask that your presence, the person of God, the peace, the rest, the identity that comes from knowing that my source of supply, my Father, dwelling in the heavenly places, closer than my skin, nearer than my air that I breathe. You're closer than me than anything else. You will never leave me 
You will never forsake me. You are my good shepherd. You're my guide. You're my teacher. You're my comforter. You're my source of hope, my source of power, my source of everything that I need. It is you. In you I live and move and have my being. Jesus, thank you that there's no area of my life that's separate from that. My business, my work, my finances, my conversations, my relationships, my health, every aspect of all that I am is invited into this personal relationship of God with us. So I just thank you. I release your grace. It's your grace, what you have done, what you have paid for, what you have enabled, that gives us the power to walk with you. That we come to you believing that you hear us and that you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Thank you that it's your presence that is the distinguishing factor. So Lord, I ask for your presence to go with us today that we choose to walk with you, walk with peace, walk with love, walk with power, knowing it is you who's the source of all things, that in you there is no shadow, no turning, that every good and perfect gift comes from you, the Father of lights, and you are with me. I just want to thank you. I just bless everyone listening. With Isaiah 55, you go out with joy, and led forth with peace, that they your metrics. You can measure the, the little flags to know when I lose my joy, when I lose my peace, I'm walking separate to, separate from this promise that his presence will go with us. Teach us your ways that we may know you. Search us, God, and know our hearts. Test us, see if there's any offensive way in us, and lead us in the path everlasting. Let us be a people defined not by any group, accomplishment, lack thereof, no trauma, no past experience or lack of experience would define us, but we're defined by you, God with us. I always want to thank you. Thank you for what you're leading into us. Holy Spirit, that you'd come even more. That people are listening to this right now. I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Like it says in Acts 2, the place shook and each one of them was filled with the Spirit and spoke in other languages as the Spirit allowed. And there was a flame of fire. God with us everywhere we go. Holy Spirit, I release you over every listener right now that you'd flood them, that you'd fill them, that you'd empower them, that you'd teach them, that you'd comfort them. And Lord, that we would see all around us what is possible with God at work. Hey, if you've listened to this and you've got any questions or comments to follow up, please don't hesitate to email andy at heavenandbusiness.com. And if you want to join us and grow in your partnership with God at work, the presence and power of God in the workplace, Jump onto heaveninbusiness.com. You can either join us online and grow in your walk with God or in person. We've got some in-person events coming up and you'll see that all there. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and we'll talk again next week.